Hi, and welcome to Whole Heart Transformation. I am Melissa Alguera, your personal identity life coach. Let's go to the podcast. Hey guys, welcome to Whole Heart Transformation. I am so excited to be here. It has been so many weeks since I've been on the podcast because I was on vacation which was terrible, by the way. Both of my kids got the stomach bug. We were in our trailer and there was no other bathrooms for the kids to go to. And it was freezing cold and it was like vomiting and all of that, which was horrible. So we have to have a redo because adventure is one of my values. And so we hopefully will get to do that in the next couple months and have a little redo on that. But I learned something, which is to take extra sleeping bags because you never know if you're going to need them. So that's my tip. If you're going camping with children and you think it's all good and you have no clue that the stomach bug is coming, take an extra sleeping bag regardless. (laughs) Well, if you haven't heard, I wanted to share really quickly about my sexual integration course. I have launched this already. It's right now for $49.99. You can get this on my website at identitylife.coach. And it's an amazing course that's super simple. It's video self-paced. And you can even go back and re-listen on the areas that maybe you weren't able to really retain. Or if on the area, because I have a spot at the very end that's called parts work. And we get curious without your about your sexual self. And you can go back and even use that for other parts work that you might want to do. So I really recommend it. I am sharing this from a place of what I was able to overcome in myself and in my marriage and how we integrated our sexual relationship after sexual betrayal and the parts of me that were that had experienced sexual abuse or violation growing up, even from a very young age, um, how to integrate those parts of you and how to recognize the parts of you when they show up. Okay. So today's topic is about how to know if people are emotionally safe for you. And if you didn't grow up with emotionally safe people, it's going to be really difficult to understand what is emotionally safe versus what is unemotionally safe and how to know the difference and why you need to know the difference. So let's start with just the the basics. So emotionally safe people have emotional boundaries. So first of all, they, they can own their own emotional space. They can recognize when they don't have capacity for your emotions. And they can share that from a place of maybe, maybe they are, you know, in a level of dysregulation, but they recognize their own emotions and they can say to you, Hey, like, I'm not in a place to engage with you emotionally right now. I'm having my own triggers. It could be something that you're saying that's triggering me, but it's not you. It's it's what's happening in me. So number one, they own their own emotional space. And I think it's really difficult for many of us because we had parents who didn't own their emotional space. When I think about kids having tantrums or when I think about even my own kids having tantrums, my daughter, when she was younger, I didn't know anything about this. I didn't know that when I was becoming activated in my body so greatly that it was because I personally was having emotional dysregulation based on my own childhood stuff. I'm going to adjust this really quick here. Okay. So with that being said, when my daughter was younger, she developed some level of shame because I did not know 
that when she would be activated in her body with her tantrums or her likes or dislikes that were really, really big, or she'd scream and I would react to her because I was triggered, it, it became a place of where I had to escape or I would yell back and want her to stop. And unfortunately, that led her to not have a parent available for her when she was having her own emotional dysregulation. She needed a parent to be there for her and with her. And now she does have a parent that can be there. Or when I can't, I let her know immediately. I'm triggered right now. I'm having, you know, activation in my body that is not about you. Like however you're behaving does not have the effect on me based on what you're doing. It has an effect on me based on what's inside of me first, because we don't become activated in our body if we don't have something that's already there. When I talk about activation, I'm not talking about, let's say you're in a situation where you you need to have an active response based on something that's happening. Okay. Maybe that's, you know, a you're driving along and a car is coming at you and you need to swerve quickly, right? Like this actually requires an emotional response, but it's not, it's not a, um, a cognitive response necessarily. It's out of survival, right? So we have a, a survival response. So when I'm talking about the difference between a survival response and a conscious response, we're talking about two totally different experiences. We're talking about a quick, you know, for your survival versus a, I'm, I can feel the emotion in my body, but I can talk to you through that and be present. And I'm not dissociating or in fight, flight, freeze, or fawn. And that's the difference. So if you are engaging with another person out of that turning of the wheel, that flight, fight, you know, response, all of those, (laughs) If you're responding to your kids from that way, or if other people are responding to you from that way, then the immediate response in your body when somebody is responding like that is going to be an immediate pushback because we have to defend ourselves from that. Now, if we find ourselves doing this when somebody is coming at us regulated, that's different. Then now we have to be curious with what is happening inside of us to be an emotionally safe person. So emotionally safe people have capacity for emotions and they can share and recognize when they don't have that capacity for you. And they can own the space of their emotions. They are not projecting it onto you, but they are able to share from a place of, this is not your fault, but I'm I'm needing to move away from you in this time so I can go and get regulated or have somebody help me to get regulated because we're reaching out for help in that place. It's probably a young part of us that cannot handle large emotions. Okay, so number two, people that are emotionally safe are curious. So if they are noticing something and something happening inside of you, and maybe you don't have the emotional skills yet to share, you don't have the intelligence to share what's going on or to slow down inside, then having somebody be curious with you because they want to understand you and know you, that person can become emotionally an emotionally safe person for you to explore what's going on on a deeper level. 
So this looks like, hey, I, I noticed that you're feeling um, sad you, or you look sad. Um, I'm noticing that you're saying that you're sad. I'm wondering what's happening inside of you that's causing all this sadness. Or I see that you look really angry right now. Am I, am I getting that? Are you angry right now? Are you angry at me? Are you, is there something happening that I don't know about? All of these things, when someone is curious, is somebody who's having a level of capacity to be with you in your emotions and your difficult emotions and maybe your big emotions and their curiosity can open up a space for us to share. Now, there is the place where maybe you don't feel safe to share because of your personal experiences. Maybe you feel like, you know, you don't know how to do that. You don't know how to share on a deeper level. This is where you can come in with some deeper emotional intelligence by saying, hey, I don't know what's going on inside of me, but I do want to be curious with it. If you feel safe with this person, then you can say, I want to be curious with it. So how we do this is by connecting to the body first, check in where you feel this emotion that's coming up inside and speak for that place. You know, you can say like, what is this part of me? trying to say this part of my body that may be feeling dysregulated or pressure or tingliness, you know, speak for that part. It's really interesting how this happens and it happens all the time. And I see people surprised often by what their body says, their body really does speak. And that's a normal, healthy thing. Our body is supposed to be responding to us. So when we have somebody that's curious with us, it opens us up to a greater understanding of ourselves, okay? So number three, emotionally healthy people move in with compassion and love. They're not coming with judgment and heat. You know, they're not trying to tell you what to do and pushing you to, you know, like do what they want. They're they're really, really understanding and they have a lot of compassion and they see humanity in a very loving way, understanding both negatives and positives of humanity, right? We, we are a people who make mistakes and we will never be perfect. We don't have the capacity for perfection. And so a person who is emotionally safe can hold the tension between those two worlds. They're not seeing you as all black or all white, but they see the gray. They can see the flaws and they can still move in with love and compassion and understanding. And if this is difficult for you to take in, then that's where we have to be curious again, because if you can't take in love and compassion, then the question would be, why can't you take in love and compassion? Like how long has this part of you been this way where when somebody does lean into you and they are safe? Why does that feel so difficult to receive? So these are questions you can ask yourself when somebody is leaning in with love. Okay, number four, people that are emotionally safe, they don't try to fix or give advice. This really reveals the deeper issues within inside of them if they try to do that. If they're trying to fix or give advice, it means that they don't have capacity for what you're going through. They don't have capacity for what you're experiencing. So for some reason, they feel like they need to fix it or give you advice. It could be that they're feeling one down and they want to fill one up. So this is how they do this. And often people that I have experienced that are like this, they tend to get mad at the people that don't take their advice. 
not realizing and not being connected to their own self, their own emotions and their own body, which keeps them unsafe. Um, they don't realize that people aren't wanting their advice. They're really just wanting somebody to just be in this with them to not feel so alone. So people that are emotionally healthy don't give advice and they don't try to fix unless somebody is coming in and asking for that. They, they know the limits of the relationship and they know the limits within themselves of what they can provide relationally and what we can provide relationally as emotionally healthy people is curiosity moving in with love and compassion and just holding the space for the other person who's in process. Okay. Number five, they have capacity for what you are sharing. So let's say you're sharing something. I Let me give an example of when I didn't have capacity. So before when I was in my whole healing journey from betrayal, I didn't have capacity. Actually, let me even back up. So before I found out that I was being betrayed by my husband, I had this issue within me that I would always take on other people's stories. I would absorb other people's stories and be like, oh my gosh, like this might happen to me. And I would like freak out all the time about people's stories and, and relate it to myself. Well, then when I went through betrayal and I had worse than the stories that I had heard, I, I literally, it like confirmed it to my brain and body. Like this is real. Like this is going to happen. Like all the bad things that I think about, they're going to happen and more. Right. And I mean, let's validate the part of me that felt felt that way. Yes. That part felt that way. That part did experience the worst and even worse than what it could even have imagined. However, the part of me that was holding on so tightly to other people's stories and absorbing them didn't understand that it was drawing that into it for some reason. And I found out later why that that part was drawing this type of behavior. And that's because this part of me really wanted to heal, but I didn't know that. And that part of me that was dealing with that didn't know that. And so it was recreating similar traumas over and over and over again. And so when other people would share their stories, I didn't have capacity to stay with them in their story. And that's when I would, like I was talking about earlier, give advice to the person to stay out of the story. And I would just like to like keep the distance with the person. So I wasn't building real connection with the other person. I didn't really have capacity for them, but I was using them in a sense to make myself feel better because I didn't have the capacity to be in real time with them. And so somebody that is emotionally healthy has capacity to stay in the moment with you without totally losing their stuff in the middle of it. They don't become, you know, super dysregulated. They're able to maintain eye contact and they're able to validate your experience. If they don't have capacity, it's like the first thing I said, you know, then they can share that because they have enough awareness. But ultimately, somebody that is emotionally healthy has capacity for you. Okay, number six, an emotionally healthy person will not blame or shame you for your emotional experience. So let me tell you something. Whew. In the betrayal community, I would see this a lot. There's a lot of shame towards the person who has been betrayed a lot of people will say to them, why don't you just get over it? Like, can't you just be done with this already? I would hear this from partners that betrayed the other partner. They should just be over it by now. I can't believe they're still holding on to this. Instead of 
having curiosity and love for the person who's experiencing emotions, like, let's think about this for a second. We can do all that we can to push away our bodily sensations, how our body's responding, our subconscious brain, our emotions, our sensations in our body. But let me tell you something, we can push that away, but it will come out really icky on the other side. So a healthy person would be curious. Let's say that you are having a large reaction from some sort of pain that you went through and you were shamed for it. Or how about when you were a kid and you became tantrum in a store in a public place? I bet this is bringing up something for you, even as I say this, but in a public place and your parents were like, you need to knock it off. You know, we're not doing this here. Um, like you need to behave yourself or how about when, you know, you were a kid and you gave attitude towards your parents and they would say, you need to knock off that attitude, young lady. This is an experience you were having. And this one was really hard and triggery for me. I got to be honest with you. Just recently, I really realized that when my daughter would become, you know, when she would have an attitude with me, it was triggering me. And I wasn't really understanding why. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm triggered because when I was a kid, I had attitude and I had attitude for really good reasons. And nobody was curious with my attitudes. I was just told to straighten it up, like get rid of your attitude. Well, how do you get rid of your attitude? Like the attitude is really just like, you know, upset or pain or something like that. H how do you just get rid of that? You don't. So we, as kids, are shamed for our attitude and shamed for our emotional responses that we really can't control because we don't have the brain functionality to do that. When we're little, we are just, we are like little balls of emotion from the beginning. We come out crying. That's how it is, you know, and we learn how to emotionally regulate with an emotionally regulated adult. And see, this is where it becomes complicated because now we have a bunch of adults that have grown up without healthy, regulated parents, and they passed on unhealthy processes of emotional push, push away and avoidance that when we finally have a burst of emotion because we've been so pushed down for so long, or we do something crazy we we don't we don't have the skills or capacity to help our emotional self in a healthy way because we were shamed for it so emotionally healthy people all of that say emotionally healthy people will not shame you for emotions because they understand emotions are good they understand that your um process in emotional regulation and the parts of you that feel the way that they do are not bad. They're just needing some support. And so they won't shame you for your emotions. Okay. And here's the last one. And this is the kicker. Number seven is that emotionally healthy people will not gaslight you or change the subject when you're feeling certain ways, certain emotions, when memories are coming up, they will not gaslight you out of it. They will not put a silver lining over it. They will not change the subject. They will be leaning in towards you 
as you're feeling your emotions, as you're experiencing what you're experiencing. They're not going to try to talk you out of it. They're not going to try to tell you that this is not real. They're not going to manipulate you into something better. I hear this a lot, even in Christian circles. It's like giving the God silver lining. Like you're talking about the money you don't have and how frustrated you are that you don't have the money you want to have. And you've got somebody saying, well, God will provide for you. It's like, well, what? Like, what do you mean? Like, so I'm just supposed to sit here and like, just hope for the best. And how many years do you expect me to do that? You know? And, and I'm not saying like not to have hope or not to lean into God, but there's this really, really weird silver lining and gaslighting that I notice a lot in all types of belief circles. It doesn't matter what you are. I mean, I've seen this in new age. I've seen it in all types of belief circles where they have some sort of silver lining and they just try to fix it instead of being able to just sit with the person or they try to gaslight them out of it because they're uncomfortable with what is being shared. Emotionally healthy people do not gaslight, period. Like they don't need to do that because they are aware of themselves and they can attune to the person in front of them. They're not, you know, looking away and pretending like nothing's going on inside of you. They're they're able to lean in and be okay with whatever they find. So here's the tips, seven amazing tips of what an emotionally healthy person looks like. And I hope that as you hear this, that you can explore yourself a little more. Like, is this something that you're able to do with other people? And if you're not able to, then there needs to be some work done still. There needs to be some curiosity with other people because we can't do this alone. I say this all the time. The basis of my coaching is undoing aloneness. So when when we have parts of us that are activated and really young, you know, those inner child parts that you hear about a lot, we don't keep our inner children in our children. They have to integrate and they have to reconnect to the core part of who we are. And we can't do that without the support of another person because the root of all of this is disconnection. So if we have people that can't be emotionally safe for us, those people didn't have someone emotionally safe with them and they have parts of them that are alone. And if you're not able to do that, to do all this with other people, then the same goes for you. We're not anomalies. All of us pretty much have the same way of being in our humanity. Now, how we get there is different because we are different individually and we still have that deep aloneness that we all feel together in a sense. We, we all have this in different ways. And it's really amazing when we can discover those parts of us and when we can hold space for the parts of other people. Thanks for listening. If you have found today's podcast helpful, please like, subscribe, and share. If you are interested in coaching with me, go to www.identitylife.coach. And you can also find me on Instagram, identity.life.coach.